Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern, drinks are you call it, and we are going to be bringing in New Year in this episode. And man, oh man, do we have a lot of ground to cover tonight. The world got very, very much more interesting today, and uh, seems like we're continuing to get that much more interesting as we are going along. Of course, tonight I am sipping a little bit of Zafra rum, which is absolutely exquisite. I've got a glass of it right here. It was uh, given to me down at the Florida Scout course by a very good friend of mine from South Florida, down in the great, wonderful, beautiful city of Miami. And uh, he told me because you know he's a rum guy. I'm a rum guy. He, he's you know you, and he's a Scotch guy too. He said, "Hey, you you have got to try this." And uh, some of the the finer Caribbean rums are can be a little harder to get a hold of where I'm located, at least here in North Carolina. We've got some good ones. We've got some good ones, but but uh, some of the more obscure ones out there, it's a little hard to come by. And Zafra is. Man, it, it, I tell you, it did not disappoint. It, it is a wonderful, wonderful rum. But uh, anyhow, the book, The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, still rocking and rolling at number one. It is ranked just over 1,000 on Amazon of all the books on Amazon. And uh, we... I tell you, and I say we because this is community. I mean, you know, it, the uh, the 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 way that this book took off like a rocket uh, is is really nothing short of incredible, and it is a hundred percent owed to all of you out there. Uh, the, this audience, the the wonderful people that are out there, and you know, having a a four point eight rating with uh, 4.8 stars with uh, 38 reviews hey man you know it, it's i'll tell you what the reception that has been given is really really special to me and and i want to take every opportunity to say thank you uh right now i am working on the second book 
I am working on the Signals Intelligence book, and we are well into that project. And uh, I don't necessarily like giving timelines, but it will be done soon. Uh, it will be done soon, and we're going to be getting that one kicked out, followed by the HF book. So I know there's a lot of you that have reached out out there that you want a specific volume that covers uh, HF communications, uh, Skywave global communications, and that's what we're going to be covering. And we're going to be doing it our way. We're going to be doing it in a very unique take on everything uh, because, you know, it, it, it books books like what we've written, books like what we cover uh, don't necessarily exist in, in direct form. But um after that, I'm going to have some very interesting projects on tap, too, some of which I talked about last night on the Privy Council. And uh, if you're not listening to the Privy Council over on Rumble as well as uh, YouTube, although uh, Council on Future Conflict and Privy Council, don't know how much longer um, YouTube is, is going to be a viable option for that. But, you know, anyhow, that's that's a whole other conversation for another day. And I'm going to be talking about YouTube and Rumble and some of the problems or uh, problems. They will cause problems, more complications, more problems. But uh, some of the, the things that we have upcoming in uh, going into 2023. So uh, without further ado i have got a couple of guests in here my my uh, fellow barstool patrons are making their way in right now uh we've got madman actual in here always great we've got tactical wisdom the man the myth the legend himself mr joe dolio and we have a very special guest in here tonight a new member of the Sons of Liberty drinking club on the air, Mr. Risky Krisky. So anyhow, taking it from the top, Madman Actual, what's up? Bro? Good evening, gentlemen. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Living for the city, man. Living for the city. Yeah, buddy. Like Tron. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back to the early 2000s with Dave Chappelle, man. Tron is living for the city. <laughs> man, I saw a Dave Chappelle clip the other day that had me cracking up laughing. It was one of the Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> oh, man. Talking about like he's doing the drug oh. education to all the little kids in the classroom. <laughs> it's so funny. We marijuana. You go down to the corner and you find yeah. Ramirez because Ramirez stuff is the shit, man. Yeah, everybody <laughs> knows he got the best shit in the neighborhood. Kids, the kids in the back taking mind. notes. <laughs> Dave Spell's a funny guy. Hey, uh, dude, he, he is, man. He is. I mean, you know, despite... Despite what Kanye has to say about him, uh, you know, he, he's one, – one thing that I admire, I admire about Dave Chappelle is uh, – and Kanye too, really um, – is that they love him, hate him, like their stance on stuff individually, whatever, man. It doesn't – like that doesn't matter. It's the fact that they, they're willing to stand up for what they believe in. You know, it, it that's a – that's a very rare thing. 
these days is to be able to to man up and say, hey, you know, like, you know, Dave Chappelle walked away from an infinite amount of money and walked away from it because the executives at Comedy Central literally said, we want to buy you. Like we, we want to buy you the rights to everything you ever do. And said, nah, man, you know, I'm walking away from this. And, uh, hey, you know, that's, you gotta, you, you gotta have respect for that. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, he doesn't mince his words yeah. either. I always appreciate that. Nah. nah, I mean, you know, Cat Williams too. You know, Cat, you, you say the same about Cat Williams. I mean, he didn't, uh, he definitely he he told some uncomfortable truths about Hollywood when when he started getting really big and uh, was he he uh, he's definitely a rebel you know and and they I mean they came after him man they came after him you know it's uh, Kanye Kanye's kind of the same boat man he's he's but maybe worse. Maybe worse. I saw something the other day. It was like yesterday or the day before. They said they haven't seen him. Like nobody's seen Kanye in a while. So I don't know. You know what? Say, I mean, it's, it's like what Randy Quaid was talking about when when they were after him. He's saying, you know, it was Star Killers, the cult that was that's out there. That you know, when when the Hollywood stars get out of line, they they come after him. You know, and like everybody. It's quick to call him crazy and, you know, point the finger at him and whatever. But, hey, man, you know, there might be something to this. You know, there might be something to this. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day. It was like, hey, do you guys remember when we literally caught them worshiping the devil and they said that they were just kidding? And we were like, oh, okay. And now it's like 15 years later and here we are. (laughs) It's like, oh, all right, well, maybe, yeah. Maybe old Randy Quaid wasn't crazy. It, maybe. Yeah, I, think, I uh, mean, you know. They come off as crazy, but I mean, man, I'm sure if you see, if you're around those people for long enough, I mean, you, you either become them or you go nuts. You know, there's no. You, you got to be a little off to be an actor. I mean, you're you're literally. Yeah. I mean, you, you are literally a professional liar. You, you have no identity of your own. Like, uh, uh, Daryl Hammond is, uh, you know, back in, in, uh, SNL's heyday when they were, when SNL was, was really funny. Um, Daryl Hammond was, was one of the best character actors that they had. And he had a whole, uh, thing that he did stand up show that he did where he, he was talking about how you, you basically, you lose your identity. Like you, you get stuck in a character and people begin to know you for that character. And they, they have no idea who you really are, you know, and, and you begin to lose yourself too. And so he had this whole comedy routine about it, about how like you get stuck in character and it is like, it's very unique, man. It, you know, I, I don't know how many people in the audience out there are really into comedy and, you know, like it, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm big into music. I'm big into comedy too. Any anything that's a performing art that takes talent, you know, that, that really takes talent. That's I, I love seeing that. I love seeing when you take somebody who's on top of their game and they're up there and they they are, you know, throwing it out there and 
they have a presence and that's something to be admired, man. Um, you know, Rio five HAD said Polly Shore forever. Hey, you know, uh, Polly Shore, hey, love him or hate him. There's very few people that define the nineties like Polly Shore did. The leaning tower of Tisa. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was his voice acting, but damn, that was a good line. It was. It was. It was. I think I know what that was from, if I remember right. Was, I've had uh, a lot of a goofy movie. Goofy movie, yes. Yes. Yeah, they're making he's got the buddy. cheese whiz. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, it's so dumb. It's genuine shit like that. That's why you tune in to Sons of Liberty Live. It is genuine. <laughs> That's that real shit right there. I'll probably get some angry That's email right. tomorrow. I'll probably get some angry email tomorrow. Be like, I didn't want to hear about all that. I didn't want to hear this, y'all. Like the, the boomer fun. <laughs> the, the, you came to the wrong the, bar, homie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pamela, it's in flow doing porn now. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really don't want to find out. These days. I don't really <laughs> want to find I mean, any, yeah, anybody can. Anybody can, man. You know, yeah, it, I mean, it I don't mean you can start watch OnlyFans if I wanted to. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, is that somebody, somebody will pay for it. Like, that is, that is the oh, one... That is the one, like above all else, that is like the 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 signal that society has completely went down the tubes. Is it's not just the amount of porn that's out there, but it's the really bad porn. It's it's like the homemade stuff that's like dominated. Like I, I mean, really, if if you take like a porn star, porn star back in the day, you know. She she worked her way up from you know stripping and you know it and it it had to had to get into the business you know there it was a way like there was a pipeline they had to they had to break into the business you know there was like Jenna a certain Jameson level of daddy did. issues that they needed now it's like anybody yeah. you know now now it's, it's anybody same. like you know somebody called you fat in the second grade like oh well I'm doing porn I'll get you fat like. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Like, hey, uh, like there was. It's. I always think about the Big Lebowski man, Jackie Treehorn Productions, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's it's a sad state of our business these days. Production values are going down. I think about that, man. Like, you know, anybody can get a GoPro, and you know, and and it's like, man, I don't want to see that. You know, like, just saying. <laughs> oh man and moving down the list in here the man the myth the legend what a great segue to bring in mr joe dolio man so this is what i've been doing right after i talked to you at eight i was like she said since you got me sick i need gas in my car and i need some medicine and i said listen i'm a man i do things when i want to on my timeline now i said that after i'd already left on my way to get her the medicine and the gas in her. <laughs> but the important part is that I said it. <laughs> I said it. I told her. I said, this is what I'm going to do, girl. 
I gave her the cold. I mean, that's a gift. Yeah. It's the gift he keeps on giving, man. It's the gift he keeps on giving. She doesn't feel the same way I do about it. Speaking speaking of gifts, so three or five HAD in the comments. I thought about starting a web page called barrackshores.com. So you should. Um but, you, you should listen, do this. Depend porn is not anything anyone wants to see. Look, go to Fort Hood. Go to Fort Hood. All you got to do is go down to the junior enlisted club. Just down there, they they because they got a junior enlisted club. Hang out there. So true story, true story. Um, so I'm at Bliss, right? And all of us got called in from the the OC crew and told, hey, you know, um, the sergeant major for the unit that was out there, he's getting rolled up today. So when CID comes in and they arrest him, you know, don't, don't be alarmed. It's, it's going to happen. And I'm like, Oh shit, what did he do? You know, like now, now I'm kind of curious because their Sergeant major was pretty cool. Like he, he, uh, we seemed to be anyway. He always hung out at the smoke pit. He never really said a whole lot. He was always smoking, uh, white tips out there, you know, like he, he, but he, he was, he seemed like, he seemed like he, he was a, you know, a decent Sergeant Major. Like he was hard when he needed to be, but he wasn't, you know, unnecessarily so. And anyway, so CID comes in, they do their deal, they arrest him. Turns out, turns out this dude and an E7, and an E7, were running a brothel out of the Junior Enlisted Club. All right. And they had all the, and, and the E7 was an MP. So, you know, Joe, I know you're going to like this one. He was the MP and he was scooping up all the girls that had just come out of MP school and he was turning them out. So, I mean, it, it, it was bad, man. It's like, oh shit. That's, uh, that was my buddy's first sergeant. Girls in a hotel, but I'm pretty sure that was you. So, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've told you that story before. Yeah, it, he uh he he was a uh, he was E7. And I want to say he was uh yeah, Open Country was his name Tate. Yeah, the E7 was. Yeah. Uh it it was um yeah, that was him. That was him. I didn't want to mention his name, but that yeah, he he was the one. It was a whole ring of them. And um they were they were doing a rotation at Bliss and uh, got them, you know. So it was uh, anyway. It was, it was good stuff. It was good That's stuff, true. man. Y'all MPs, I'm telling you, y'all y'all are the That's shady why, ones. They gotta watch you. I'm telling you, this is why I would volunteer for the off limits patrol every single time. Only way to meet the mm. interesting people. Get on the off limits. <laughs> that's when you see the interesting stuff man that's when you see them wild times wild times off post you see that girl who works over at sick bay 
right? You roll up on her. You see her going into bar after hours. You walk in and you nod at her. Well, the next day you swing by sick bay. Guess what? Yeah. We're going out to dinner tonight. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, bro, you can cut the volume up it on uh, inside the app. You're, you're coming in. Your audio is a little quiet on my end, and uh, some people in the comments are saying it's quiet, too. If you look down in the uh, corner, you're going to see a, a microphone icon, and you can cut the volume up there. Yeah, it doesn't really give me any options when I mess with that, so I'll, figure, I'll get the headphones. Ah. It out. No, it's all good. It's all good. You're just coming in kind of quiet. That's all. Anyhow, moving down the list on introductions, Mr. Risky Crisky, the cherry in the stack. There you are. I unmuted you. Hey, can you cherry. hear me? Yes. <laughs> I'm literally confirming my email. I was trying to comment telling you how low this guy's volume is. And it's like, confirm your email. I'm like, oh, shit. Now he's calling on me. Of course. Oh, you doing got right him. Right? Talking about wild times on post. Fellow Fort Bragg alumni. I'm an idiot. <sighs> you, you and your master blaster mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for somebody to be like, you know what? I recognize this guy, <laughs> or uh, you know that this this big old sergeant major of the 82nd from just call me out. I commented. He's in the picture with some pictures of Biden, and I commented all yeah. over him. You know, on the, the 82nd <laughs> social media, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> So, fun fact, man. I I saw a news piece and thought about you today and was just like, it, it was one of those WTF things that, like, nobody thought this out. The 82nd, the 82nd Airborne Division is getting tanks. What? Yes, sir. What? They are getting tanks. So wait, we're going to take the Marine divisions and give them to the 82nd. Uh, not exactly. This is a new tank. This is a light tank. It's um, it's about half the size of an Abrams, and it is designed to bridge the gap. Right, This is their language. It is designed to bridge the gap between uh, firepower, between light infantry units and heavy units. and um, Fascinating. Uh, fascinating. I'm legitimately curious. Like, what what is your thought on this? Is this more like um, posturing, right? Just like, hey, we we've got this. We're going to implement this because World War Three is on the on the horizon. Or are they legitimately doing this because they are preparing? I I think they're doing it because they need to spend money on something. What oh, I, yeah. think. I I think Gotta this is they say that they. Yeah, they, they say that they're going to have it completed and implemented by 2035. Um, where have we heard that before? Like every every dot mill project for the past 20 years has been, you know, some crazy protracted timeline where they, you know, they never meet it and they and when they get it, it doesn't work. But even like, all right, so tanks are armored vehicles or is not the most complicated technology in the world you know it, it's 
you know, we've, we've kind of got this down to a science, but the problem is, the problem is, is now you're going to take the 82nd, right? Which if you look at the, the task organization of the 82nd, it's a light infantry unit that inserts via air. So you have, you know, the 25th, which is, you know, designed for uh, streamlined for jungle combat, uh, as well as the, the new airborne division. They took uh, first and, and fourth brigade away from the 25th and, and made them that new airborne division. Um, but, you know, they're designed to, to fight on the battlefield light. You know, 101 is, is the same, but with helicopters. 10th Mountain is is the same, but with, you know, mountaineering equipment. So they specialize in, in fighting in cold weather and, and mountaineering environments. You know, and the 82nd is is there to be a streamlined, lightweight force. When you're implementing armored vehicles to the mix, like even small ones, you're introducing a whole new range of problems. Like you, you're going to have to add in all of the support personnel now that an armored unit requires which is huge you know you, you you need a bunch of new mechanics you need a bunch of new you know m2 uh military table organization and equipment you need to include all these new people in the staff and then you got to come up with a doctrine to you know implement it properly which is not something that you know we're, we're particularly good at and further um dropping that thing I mean, I know that, that when they're, they're trying to drop field artillery pieces, that's a friggin' doggone nightmare, uh, you know, and, and trying to, to drop vehicles is, is pretty tricky. And now you're going to be dropping a doggone tank? Um, ah, wow. Uh, I don't know. You know, what, <laughs> what do you think? I don't really like it. It makes me uncomfortable. It's like not that's not our game, right? Let other units do that. We already got the airborne artillery coming in. I feel like it's just a waste of money. Like you said, it's a waste of money or it's a posturing or it's just propaganda. I don't really feel like it's an actual tactic that we will use successfully. Yeah. We project. You're down real low, bro. Say it again. Did we lose you? No, my thing is just acting retarded. Um, didn't we do oh. this once before and then like... Yeah. Yeah, we have. The the tank killers. The the tank killer vehicles. Yeah, it was... They, we, we... Yeah, it, it's... The, the whole idea, the whole concept of a light tank is kind of... I don't know, man. I don't know. It's... I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> we'll see though. It's it, it not my monkey, not my circus. I'm outside that world. Um, but you know, anyway, I thought that it was fascinating. And uh, moving down the list of introductions, uh, we're still waiting on Johnny Paratrooper. By the way, I just shot him another message. He was all amped up about being here tonight. I don't know where he's at. Um, he, he ghosted on me the past 20 minutes. Probably so making a beer run. Probably. Probably. Or he's, he's like, well, you know, I'm just 
driving my, my Dodge Viper around and I'm gonna just like run it into a tree or something, but not like bad, I, but like gently. <laughs> Man, we got I got a really funny video I gotta show you. It involves that. I think the, uh, I saw it. The sports involving the sports a, machine. Involving a clutch. And the lack of brakes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one, huh? <laughs> he sent me that one. He sent oh, me that one. Funny. It has like, that was a good one. Man, dude. You you you're a man of of exquisite <laughs> taste. You are a man of exquisite taste. But yeah. uh, anyway, last and certainly not least, we'll we'll link up with Johnny when it gets in here. So that way, uh, you know, you can Risky Crisky can meet up with Johnny because I'm fairly certain that the two of you have crossed paths somewhere at some point. I was listening I just, to the podcast. I, yeah. I was listening to the other podcast and he was talking about belt feds and uh Yeah. Where was it? Wherever he deployed in 08 or 09. And I think he, if he was yeah. in third, and I think he was in the same brigade as me. So we went on the same deployment, is my understanding, yeah. just based on that little little excerpt. And uh, I really liked when he was talking about the belt feds and everyone having one. Ooh, that brings back some good memories. <laughs> That's Ooh, right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah, boy. Bo Didi, uh, was I ever on uh, uh, GRF? No. I was never because I was never in the 82nd. I was in Lurse at Bragg. Uh, I was not in the Deuce. So I originally, when I got to Bragg, I had orders to go to the Deuce. And Lurse was about to hold selection when I got there, when I was in processing. So I dropped a packet and went over there and did that. And, uh, you know, I had, I had uh, come from. The line infantry had re-enlisted to go to Bragg and uh, went over to the Deuce and saw a bunch of guys standing around in formation and picking grass and, you know, doing all the same stuff that I came from, you know, and, and I was like, ah, kind of want to do something else, want to do something, uh, you know, a little more than this. I don't know. It, it just, it, it didn't, uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of had uh, a jaded attitude on some things at the time and uh, saw Lurse was holding their selection said, ah, you know what, man, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to see what that's all about. Cause you know, I, I had heard about this unit, but I didn't know uh, necessarily, you know, what all, what all it entailed, but I had just heard of it. And, um, Oh, Tango one Papa's in the house for one. He's got his entrance music. It's like Sandman from ECW coming in here. It's the it's the Sandman. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, it's hang on. I scared him off. He'll be back. He'll be back and in greater numbers from the great frozen tundra of Wyoming. But uh, anyhow, now ended up over in Lurse. Although uh, I did see. When 2nd Brigade got spun up to go to Haiti, I did get to, to observe that. And uh, that was impressive. That was very, very impressive how an entire brigade could literally be gone in about eight hours from the time that they got their orders 
to it. I mean, they were all gone. Like everybody, like it was a ghost town. And, uh, that was, that, that was really, really interesting just to watch. And it was very precise too. Like it, it, it was very impressive. There wasn't any, you know, th- there was no, uh, Chinese fire drill going on and people running around everywhere. It was, it was like, okay, you guys are going to do this and we're going to do this and we're packing up our stuff and, and bam, and they were gone. And, uh, they, they moved on out to Haiti for the, uh, the earthquake response. And so that, that was very, very interesting. Um, and very cool, very cool to see. Anyway, with that said, Patriot man, Patriot man. Howdy, sir. How are we doing tonight? Doing good, man. I'm glad you, uh, I, I am glad that you called off the impromptu camping trip. It was uh, not of my own, uh, not of my own choice. Um, I've been dealing with a post nasal drip for the past, um, I don't know, probably since Monday, and uh, it was starting to get better. But then it just got to the point where we were going to do four and a half miles uh, uh, um, near the Appalachian Trail, and then we were going to just do a quick uh, cold weather camping overnight. And I, I just started doing stuff, you know, getting my gear ready, and I, I already my throat was hurting. I'm like, there's no way I'm going over this terrain. So we we put a um, a rain check on it until. Uh, either uh, probably the second into the third because I'm still off from work then. So it's just been postponed, uh, which gives me a chance to get my gear together because for camping, like my gear is everywhere. So, oh, it's going to be cold. I'm going to be using the same sleep system you used when you were in my neck of the woods for the um, the second class you were up here for uh, with yeah. the uh, casualty blanket and whatnot. Uh, so I'm going to be testing that out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, man, I got uh, my 40-meter, uh, 80-meter Envis up, uh, tested that, got good uh, SWR on both of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just trying to keep pace with everything. This So this coming weekend for New Year's, we might have to do a little impromptu comics over on the forum. I think we're going to have to uh, – I think we're gonna have to do that, man. We'll have to we'll have to get some, some HF activity up. Uh, the forum forum.brushbeater.org, home of the Radio Recon Group. So if you're not over on the forum, get over there, and you know we do fairly regular communications exercises that are totally up to the users on there. We make a sked, get on the air, get you some practice, get you some trigger time with your radios, and uh, you know, hundred percent free always you know you you guys out there buying the book you guys out there supporting the website buying stuff from our patrons or advertisers hey you you guys make that happen so other radio clubs might want to charge you a little bit of money here and there to get the the privilege of talking to them on the air we don't do none of that uh, you know because participation on the air and and you getting training um you know, of, of your own accord, stuff that, you know, continuous training, stuff that, that, you know, we cover in class and then getting that experience on the air, you shouldn't have to pay for all that. Uh, so anyway, and, and the forum is 100% free as well. But yeah, we're going to have to, we're, we're going to have to do that, man, because uh, just like 305 HAT is, uh, HAD rather is uh, Delta and the comments are saying, got to get trigger time with a 119. And I need to do that. I need to get more trigger time with it on HF. Um, I have done a, a few things with it on HF. I've really been working with it on VHF single sideband. 
more than anything else. And I'm real, real happy with it. Um, but I also have the uh, much less expensive version of it coming as well. The, um, uh, the Q900. So I have one of those inbound too that should be here the second week of January. And I'm going to be getting trigger time with that as well. Uh, so anyhow, you know, both incarnations of the radio, the ruggedized man pack version, as well as the uh, lesser expensive, more uh, base station unit that, that runs about $700. So, um, you know, when it, when it's all said and done. So I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that too. But uh, anyhow, Patriot man, what you sipping on tonight? Uh, sipping on ammunition. Um, it's a, um, it's a bourbon I found. And of course I was drawn to the name and, um, it's uh, actually not bad at all for the price. It was like maybe $30 for 750, but, uh, it's actually pretty tasty. So, um, just kind of sipping on that. It's, it's helping to throw it a little bit. Nice. Nice. Very, very nice. All good stuff. All good stuff. Still haven't heard from Johnny Paratrooper. So I am not sure exactly where he is. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get it. If he pops in, we will be able to introduce him if he's coming in a little bit late. Anyhow, with that said, top of the list here, talking China. So China is doing some more saber rattling. Um, this is coinciding very interestingly dovetailing with Belarus as well. Now, um, I'm going to say that everybody really needs to be paying close attention to Belarus right now. Belarus has said for, you know, kind of a, a quick rundown on this, that they are now on a war footing. They are on a wartime footing. And, you know, landed inside Belarus today, I believe. Today, today, yep. just a few hours ago, it was a Ukrainian S-300. Um, so that is a pretext for war. I don't um, think that passed Ukraine to have lobbed that on purpose to try and drag all of us in. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Ukraine, by the way, I mean, Ukraine, if I'm sure a lot of people have forgotten about this already, the 24 hour news cycle and whatnot, but Ukraine fired on Poland. Um, you know, and, and then and, and knowingly did so and then said, hey, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was our bad. After, you know, all the pundits out there, uh, all the sneaky little foxes out there from their, their auto zone enclaves. It's a little inside joke. <laughs> Get in the zone, auto zone. Yeah, um, Institute of International Relations. There's no way that could have been a legitimate attempt to shoot down a Russian missile. Russia's not even in that direction, no. bro. Like, how how do you fucking shoot the the entire wrong fucking way? You missed a whole ass country. You know how do you, how do you do that? Like, we need to shoot east, and we're gonna shoot west. Makes makes the a soft lot of guys nonsense. that were directing the other rockets took a lunch break. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Probably. I mean, they were <laughs> just being honest. Dicking around with ATACs. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, whoever, shit. whoever we have over there was like, "Yeah, all right, I gotta go. Like, take a shit. I'll be back in 15. And then somebody. What actually did you do? Fucking rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, man. And they I know that they that. did. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Was that you? So where's Timmy? Let's blame Timmy. I think it was Timmy. He's gonna be the fall guy. Yeah, anyway. But um yeah, as far as them launching on Belarus, yeah, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that, that they did that on purpose. And they're gonna keep doing stuff like that on purpose. Um I don't think though, I don't think that any major we're not going to see a major escalation until february february when the ground is good and frozen and it's hard just like it was a year ago when the this whole thing kicked off that's when we're going to see it and we're we're very likely to see a three-front operation at that point um you know curson for sure curson is they're kind of preparing the battlefield at, at this point but we're going to see actions that that are going to come in from the south as well um you know so it's basically a, a three-pronged convergence uh converging routes onto kiev and um you know as as far as at least in my assessment um their, their plan was not necessarily to take kiev but rather to to uh Hope for a two-state solution was, was I think, what they were looking for. And that explains why they didn't attack the critical infrastructure the way that we always do with uh, shock and awe campaigning and, you know, how, how we, we go in and wreck a place's infrastructure uh, to ensure that the government that, that we're attacking is going to fall. And they didn't do that. Um, and, and that kind of left a lot of people in the West puzzled as to why they didn't do that, because it was a limited engagement. Um, but, but I think the gloves are, are fixing to come off. That's just my assessment. You know, I may be wrong about all that, but you know, so far mm, I've, I've been, I've been pretty accurate thus far. Just saying, um, I would say you know, though, it, that, it's, um, it's, uh, and taking into account that, that the, uh, our precision guided munitions our one five fives, um, you know, ground level equipment is we've pretty much gassed ourselves out. This next go around, I don't know where they're going to get the munitions from. Joe, yeah, you I had something? That, yeah, the February 24th uh, anniversary of the overthrowing of the uh, of the Ukrainian government. Uh, Putin has a great sense of history, and he would probably mm-hmm. like to lay in Kiev on that day with something. So, Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That is a real good point. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, you know it. It what was it? Uh, February sixteenth, last time, uh, last year. Well, twenty twenty two, when when the invasion kicked off. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was close. I was teaching, actually. Uh, so, you know. Um, you know, 305 HAD is saying that, that uh, they definitely aren't going to have those munitions. And, and uh, he and I have discussed uh, in confidence some of those supply chain issues. Um, yeah, it, it's for, for anybody, any of the Pollyannas out there, you know, the, the uh, quote unquote conservatism incorporated, you know, the, the military industrial complex mouthpieces that, you know, are waving the Ukrainian flags and saying all oh, this is fine. Hey, you know, no, they, it's, it's not going to be fine. There is, we, you know, I, I ain't, I ain't 
necessarily not a war hawk. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I made my living in my adult life uh, fighting wars, but you don't fight things stupidly. And we, we're, we've completely lost control of the border and everything south of it. And we, we have no more allies in the world. And we're basically betting the farm on Ukraine. And the Ukrainians ain't going to win. Okay. There's, there's no way that they're going to win. They, let's, let's think about this in, in realistic terms here. They had marginal results when given literally all of the modern enablers. Okay. They had marginal results. They were given all of the modern enablers. Digest that one. Just think about that. They still did not completely take back their borders. Okay. And they have gassed themselves out. So just digest that one for anybody that thinks, okay, you know, like, well, we'll, we'll just give them a little bit more. We'll give them 25, 30, 50, 80 more billion dollars and they'll win. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, now, on the other hand, what it is good for is showing you how, uh, at least, uh, you know, how I look at it, it's showing all of us how we can implement common off-the-shelf equipment in a modern war context, because that those lessons are extremely valid and ones that we're going to have to take to heart uh, here at home for sure, for sure. And uh, Risky, that's something that, that, you know, you and I discussed in the podcast that we did and uh, certainly something that, that we can touch on in the future. Uh, that, that I intend on touching on with you in the future, but Belarus is going to heat back up this, this, you know, they, they're going to definitely be entering that fight. And that is going to be the staging ground for the, the third front of the Russians when their, their modern equipment enters the battlefield because they've held all their, their good stuff in reserve for the most part. Uh, what do you guys think about that responses? I think you're pretty spot on with that. Um, yeah, I just saw, I didn't know that anything happened in Belarus and I saw the, uh, the little blurb you wrote for the episode and I was like, Oh shit, Belarus, what happened? And, uh, yeah, sure enough. Another S 300, uh, totally accidentally, not on purpose landed in another country. Um, I think it's interesting that, the same thing has happened twice in two different countries. And like we was pointed out earlier that those countries are both North uh, and West of where the fighting is actually taking place. Um, Cause most of the fighting is still Southeast Ukraine. The, like the vast majority of the fighting has been down there. Um, a little bit in Kiev when it first kicked off, but then everything kind of settled down around there. It was mostly just artillery. So it's, it's interesting how, uh, a missile, which is a guided munition somehow winds up going some random direction, unless Belarus was firing at them or Russians were firing at them in Belarus or from Belarus. I can see that happening. Uh, and maybe, you know, we're, we're only getting one side of the story of uh, the S-300 landing. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about that a minute ago. Like, yeah, what if the, you know, what if Belarus is firing at them, but 
nobody's saying anything about that for some reason. But that doesn't make any sense either, because then you'd think that no. Ukraine would be blowing that up. You know, they'd be like, no, they yeah, were fired. Our, our media us. would be all over it. Yeah. So, our I media, mean, our media the, would be all over that. Yeah. So, because that's another reason to send them another $100 billion. Um, which is, you know, my next point is I, I haven't lived very long, but uh, I've realized that you can't just throw money at problems. The only way to fix a problem is to, like, find guys that know what they're doing and get them to fix the problem. So that's not going to solve anything. Just keep throwing them money. It's totally useless. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not going away. I, Belarus is definitely not just going to be like Poland where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, sorry, no problem. Because Poland's NATO. And, you know, they NATO can reel Poland in. So... Um, yeah, Belarus is is more on Russia's team, so that's going to be interesting to see what the response is. And that was just a few hours ago, so I mean, we have plenty of uh, there's plenty of time left in the next day or two. So, and it's also convenient yeah. this is happening at the end of the week, so now everybody's got something to talk about for all weekend. <laughs> all the good stuff seems to always happen on Friday. Has anybody yeah, it's ever like noticed a Thursday, that Friday thing? Yeah, there's always a pattern to it. It always happens on on a third, late Thursday or on a Friday. So that all the the Sunday morning no betters can get out there and they can they can talk. Yeah, right. You know, we'll have the all the 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 you know your your uh, uh, the talking heads. You know, we we don't even have good talking heads anymore. We used to have like like Charles Krauthammer. Like I was smart. I didn't, I didn't always agree with him, but he was smart. Like, I, I liked listening to him. He was a very smart. smart. I learned a lot from him. Yeah. He at least yeah, sounded I didn't, I didn't always agree with him, but he's smart. You know? Yeah. Like, what, what he do sounded we got smart. Now? now we have yeah. a bunch of dumbasses that are clearly dumbasses. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone's clamoring oh, about missiles. If they're already missing with S-300s, what are they going to do with Patriots and ATACMs? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it's <sighs> grifting. That's what they're doing. They're grifting. They're grifting. And um, before we move on, because that's a good segue into uh, talking about BlackRock here, because man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about with BlackRock. But uh, risky. Have you, have you got any uh, thoughts? Any any responses? To be honest, no. Yeah, you'll hear me chime in when I got something. But uh, I like listening to you guys. You all are kind of spot. Oh no, I like listening to you too. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I just ramble and repeat the same thing, just louder and louder. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Patriot man thoughts. I agree. I mean, it's been very obvious that they have, um, you know, Russia has made tactical, um, you know, uh, they, they haven't been the best tactically and it's because they're sending in those older units, the reserve units, the, the supply troubles. I think, I, I think it's almost a way to lull the Ukrainians into a, a kind of a false sense, right? They were really, 
in the initial invasion, they were really kind of huddled up together. And now they're doing all these counteroffenses, which is stretching their supply lines. So I think come February, which was about the timeline that I was thinking as well, I think the Ukrainians are going to find themselves in a very difficult position where they're going to be very open to, you know, once the actual units roll over and start to fall back um you know it's wide open ground there it's gonna be very easy for 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 drones and whatnot to um to to, to grab them and at that point you know we see these guys making propaganda videos with the stingers and, and and all these weapons we've sent to them i don't know how many they have left to be honest and we don't have much more to give them i mean there was a report the other day i think already five nato countries said we're tapped out we can't give anymore our military is already at the lowest that you know that we can possibly survive on so i think they're kind of letting Ukrainians stumble into um, a tactical disadvantage. And I think come February, uh, there's going to be a lot of rage with all the people uh, who have uh, Ukrainian flags in their uh, their bios. You mean the, like the, the queen of the Lincoln Tunnel, Miss Jojo from Jersey? Oh, yeah, the queen of the filters is what she is. But, uh, but yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think you're going to see the, 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 the screaming and, and gnashing of teeth of these people, and conservatives are going to scream for more and more money. But th- at some point, th- there's nothing money can buy. But we can't give them more. We, it's giving them money. You know, you have Zelensky's wife spending $40,000 in Paris. Meanwhile, he's begging us for more money, you know, in Congress. I, I just think that they put themselves at a tactical disadvantage by thinking that Russia is weak, and and I, I don't think it's as weak. And I, I think you know Putin, to his credit, he hasn't really he hasn't really pushed back against the idea that he, that he's that, you know everything's falling apart. Like you know he's given some statements, but I think he almost wants us to think that. And so the Ukrainians are getting this bravado around them, and I think it, that's going to be their downfall. And um, I fully expect that um, Russia is going to kick their teeth in uh, come February. Yeah. I see it coming. Um, they're they're going to be fielding the T-90s. That's when they are going to get fielded. That's that's when it's coming in. That's when the, the new updated equipment's coming in. Um, you know, you're, you're going to see a lot more judicious use of the Iskanders at that point. Yep. Um and you know the, the the Moscova incident, which you know everybody should should dust off the memory banks to a few months ago. That's going to get avenged, um, and I'm just saying yeah. that, that the Black Sea and the Baltic Sea, they those are going to be very very hot zones. Uh, so you know it. it um, and, uh, you know, the last thing I'll say, fight. too, is, is, you know, they've learned now on the ground of exactly how the Ukrainians intend on operating, right? When you watch the videos from the beginning of the war, you would see that, you know, it was the first time these guys were under fire and these are not the crack units mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, a machine gun would, would open up from the side and it's, or the tank would get hit, you know, with a missile and they didn't know how to react. And then you fast forward six months later, um, you had uh, there was a video I watched where these guys were on a tank. He got hit. I don't know if it was an ID or whatnot. Immediately, what did they do? They immediately jumped off, ran to cover, identified direction, 
fire started treating the wound, it was obvious they were learning, just like how we learned in the beginning of the Iraq. As you all know, I'm the only civvy on this podcast. But in the beginning, it was, I mean, kind of a little bit of the same tale. And then we adapted and then they adapted. And so I think with the units coming in, with everything they've learned, and and the, the, the evolving of the tactics they're going to use, I think that's what's going to make this one particularly dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Scott, it's, I remember uh, us talking about the equipment. Okay. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Um, no, 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 no. Go ahead. The We were talking, man, like back, back last February, I remember. Um, I think we talked about it on one of our duo podcasts. And we talked about it a couple times on yeah. some Sons of Liberty episodes. And I think we all were in agreement that, yeah, like what you're seeing now is not Russia's best equipment. It's just not. And no matter what you no. see on the news, um, I, I used to have to do order a battle for them. And it's not their best equipment by far. You know, um, no. not even close. They have very updated equipment. That's like 30 year old, 40 year old, 50 year old stuff. Um, and it's a mixed match of crap and, yeah, conscript army. And even the the alleged paratroopers that they were sending into airports. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there was some like hard hitters there guiding them to make sure they didn't like totally make asses of themselves. But right, that's not their. Yeah, they're not sending their. They're not sending their 82nd or 10th Mountain guys. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's not how. Mm-mm. That's not how you win a war. For one, um, pawns go first. That's like been warfare 101 for a couple thousand years now um just because we have the internet doesn't mean warfare changes that much so yeah i think when if you know if slash when russia goes back in which i'm sure they will it's gonna be bad yeah yeah the gloves are coming off and they and they know i mean they they you, I think your uh, your pawn analogy was, was spot on when that that's that is uh you know and, and you notice that there hasn't been any Western leader you know political leader statesman we we don't have statesmen in the West anymore like it, it, we we don't have that I think like the closest thing we probably have to a statesman is you know Rand Paul um, and and unfortunately and and that's about it but. Um, that's that's about as close as, as what we have to a statesman, but statesmen, military leaders, none of them have used that analogy. And I mean, this is this is basic warfare 101. Uh, you know, chess chess is a board game designed to make people think about strategy and war. You know, that's it, that's why it's endured for as long as it has. And and how many chess players do we have in our leadership? You know, it, it it's it's a very valid question. Uh, very valid question you know so uh joe do you have something to add in no nah, so we was talking about warfare hasn't changed that much just uh i wanted to remind everyone to have a bayonet on every fighting rifle you have because that's how i roll yeah i agree with that i'm gonna go put mine on right now <laughs> <laughs> i just got an m9 bayonet and I have a bayonet lug. I'm going to go put that sucker on. <laughs> I've got a couple of AK-100 series bayonets, and they're, they're sweet, dude. You know, they're, they're, you know, I got, I got a couple of M9s, and those things just look pretty on the end. 
Yeah, I got that new Marine Corps one that looks like a K-Bar. Uh, that sucker's nice. Yeah. But I haven't yeah, definitely. On upside down on the AK. I don't get that. Why it's on the blade up. Uh, it, it's uh, so you can use it as a wire cutter. That's well, that's yeah. pretty much the long and short of it. Why why it's uh why the blade end is up on it. So you, you use it as a wire cutter. I, I don't know if you've ever used the AK bayonet as a wire cutter, but it's um it it it's pretty intuitive to use and when you're using it with a rifle, um, you know, you, you, you put the frog on and you can just snap wires real quick with it. Uh it's it's pretty efficient. You know, it's 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 an efficient design. I mean, the the M9 design, hell, the, even the M7, it, it was you know you, you could do it with the M7 too. You just did it a, a different way. But um, you know the, that AK, the 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 Romanian, like the the old Romanian AKM bayonets. I've got a few of those laying around here, and um, those those are pretty nice, man. They they were pretty well designed. But that AK100 bayonet, that thing was nice, dude. That's uh that that's a very good combat blade. Um, yeah, you know, the only thing is it's chisel ground, and I you know I'm not much on chisel ground blades, but um, yeah. you know I ain't using it as a general purpose knife. So, right on, right on. So anyway, um, good segue into BlackRock talking about BlackRock because we uh we were talking about throwing money at problems and. Uh, Ukraine and so on and so forth. And uh, this story is coming out of CNBC. It was posted up two days ago, and this is pretty, uh, I would say, predictable. It's something that I've been pointing out for a long time, and you know, several of the others uh, here on the podcast and, and a lot of other guys in, in the alternative media have been saying this for a long time. Uh, that, that, you know, Ukraine has been nothing more than a giant grifter operation for the political class here in the United States. And th this is something that, you know, we, we know we're observing it. Um, you know, I wrote a piece back before the invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces called No Blood for Burisma because the the war drums were being pounded then. And this was well over a year ago uh, that I wrote that piece. I don't recall the exact day. I have to pull it up. But uh, I laid the case out that the the coming war, what was being pushed for, was nothing more than protecting uh, future assets, intended assets in Ukraine, particularly with uh, Burisma, and laid out the case that uh, many members of the board of Burisma are the children of politicians here in the United States on both sides of the aisle. And that, that's fairly disturbing when they are more than willing to put your sons and daughters at risk and in harm's way uh, for their interests and their kids aren't going out to fight. And, and when you do see political leader kids go out to fight, it's something like with Bo Biden, where he, he was a lawyer. OK, you know, I, I'm sorry he died from brain cancer, man, that sucks. You know, and 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 I I feel for that, but at the same time, uh, some of the the heroism that the uh, media tried, the left wing media tried to make of him, you know, saying, "Oh well, he was just look," you know, I'm not putting down the JAG Corps at all, but you know, they they ain't the dude didn't tote a rifle and go into harm's way. Okay, so you know, as as far as 
all that goes. Uh, uh-uh. but they want to send you and your kids to the fight, right? Just like CCR, unfortunate son. All right. I'm sorry. You know, I've been there. I've done that. And you know, there ain't nothing in Ukraine that is worth American blood period when it, when it's making them rich, but there is no better story than this right here, uh, which has come out of CNBC two days ago. Zelensky, BlackRock CEO, uh, Fink, agreed to coordinate Ukraine investment. And uh, the key points on all this, because CNBC can't write anything these days that, that requires an attention span. Uh, BlackRock financial markets advisor and Ukrainian Ministry of Economy signed a memorandum of understanding in November. Zelensky and Fink agreed Wednesday to focus in the near term on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of our country, channeling investment into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. Which would be what exactly? That would be their natural gas industry. That would be their energy production industry, uh, their electricity, the nuclear reactors that they have the shipping ports, this is, uh, and and probably some other more seedy things. Ukraine was the child sex trafficking capital of the world prior to the Ukrainian war. And of course, we have forgotten about that. It was also one of the most corrupt countries in the world as well. Uh, HP 11 saying biowarfare labs, that was absolutely correct. Um, Yeah, that's something I pointed out months ago. And here it is. It is front page news yet again in the Guardian.uk. So here you have it. You have BlackRock, which is one of the financial sector's um, biggest brokerages out there. Uh, Hedge fund managers extraordinaire. And BlackRock really, uh, at least as I understand it, represents a lot of the shadow governance activities that occur in, in the financial sector as well, because that's that's the way that they work. Government, to, and I'm speaking to all the liberals right now, um, government is not mutually exclusive from financial interests. Okay, some of you on the left know this. Some of you on the left know this. Conservatives, I'm speaking to you. Financial interests are not mutually exclusive from government. In fact, government is a in in democracy, quote unquote. Government is is a reflection of those financial interests. That's the way that it always is. Okay, so you know we ain't gonna Pollyanna. All right, we ain't gonna Pollyanna on this, and um, you know that that is what it is. So anyhow. Uh, with that said, we see now that they're not even trying to hide it, that the money that's been given to Ukraine and the hundreds of billions of dollars now in financial aid is now going to BlackRock, which is one of the biggest financial hedge fund managers that is tied up with the United States government. The two are intertwined. These happening here. This is called money laundering. If you or I did this, this would be called money laundering. A RICO investigation would get opened up. We would end up going to prison. But when the government does this, they say, well, it's in the interest of the common good. Right? It's pretty obvious to see what's going on here. Guys, what are your thoughts? 
everything coming out of uh, Ukraine and all of this, it really just makes me want to blow a gasket. Like, you're going to sit here and take all of our money and you're going to give it to them. And you're going to have it directly funneled back to the DNC. And you're going to act like you had nothing to do with it. You're going to hold this one little dude accountable, right? And that's going to be what happens and nothing else. And you didn't know anything about that. But then all the whole DOD, it can't even get its reviews in shape because it's failing them. And it has no idea where the money's going. And they don't know where the money's going that they're sending to Nazis in Ukraine. Right. But they, but they're calling you a Nazi and me a Nazi, but they're literally given the missiles and they're driving our government broke. And they're going to sit there and do this sort of the context of we've got to support them. They're not in NATO. And how about this? If you really wanted to do something, why is not a single person talking about peace? They're not a NATO ally. You're trying to pin Russia into a corner so they're forced to use nukes against Ukraine because they have so much NATO power behind them that then you can say, oh, Russia's nukes and we can go full scale war against them to cover up your crimes and the Nuremberg investigation that should ensue. And it just makes it's like, how do people not see this? And then I'm like, oh, the propaganda is at 110 percent. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Exactly right. I think that was wonderfully well said. Yeah, the the propaganda and and sadly the the propaganda that people buy into because they don't want to admit. I was talking about this with Bob Griswold yesterday on the last episode of Radio Contra, and and there there's a large number of people out there, uh, especially the the older Gen X crowd, um, you know the the forty five to to fifty five crowd that that do not want to believe that that our government has reached the level of of despotism that it has. They, they don't want to believe that. They they want to believe as as they're approaching retirement age that they're going to be able to retire that that they're going to have that and that you know well we've seen hard times before we've seen stuff problems before but let me remind you let me remind everybody out there that the the Twitter files this is worse than the Pentagon Papers okay this is worse than Watergate this is the this is probably the most important political corruption scandal of our generation, possibly in American history. And it's barely a fart in the wind. Why is it a fart in the wind? Because we, we've literally come to the point that we'd shrug our shoulders and accept that, or that the government is, is that corrupt. And we say, ah, yeah, all right, well, and then we say, well, what are we going to do about it? Right. There's a lot of people out there. That's, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I know it's corrupt, but what am I going to do about it? I, I'm, I'm going to throw away my house. I'm going to get put in prison. I'm going to be like those January 6th people that took an unguided tour of the Capitol building. Now we're going to be we're, we're going to go away to the gulag, right? We're going to be held in absentia by the Capitol police. Right, they hire the. I, I want to know what the hiring standards is for the Capitol Police because I'm pretty sure neck tattoos is a no go in the law enforcement world. What do you What do you say, Joe? Uh, that's absolutely a no go in the in the law enforcement world. There's no way he got hired. That dude's an actor, 100. percent Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Madman, you pointed that out. Point I wanted to, to bring up though, real quick uh, about the the government yeah. scam and all that. 
is that when they did the impeachment of Donald Trump, Zelensky was a bad guy, right? He was a stooge for Donald mm-hmm. Trump, and he was on the phone with him, and they made this agreement. Now they pretend to forget that. It's so mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It, it's it, it's funny. It's funny how the, all the, the alliances kind of shift like the sands, you know, like sands on the beach. It's just, uh, I'll tell you, you know, and, and it, we're, we're really getting down to the time that uh, the hour of the time, you know, to, to throw back to, to William Cooper. You know, one of my, my ideological inspirations out there are, are uh, podcasting forebear. But, um, you know, we, we're, we're getting down to that point to where th- there is probably nothing that can be salvaged of the American Republic as it is today. You know, I am, uh, you know, to kind of recap uh, the episode of the Privy Council last night, I am pretty, pretty bullish on that uh, or bearish on that rather to say that, you know, our, our Republic is uh, the institutions of governance and the institutions of law have been corrupted to such a degree that I don't think that there's a way to salvage that through simple reform. It, it's it, it's not going to happen because they're not willing. They, they are not willing to reform. We know that the political corruption is too deep. So you're never going to have another church commission, right? You you know when they say oh you know, um, risky. I think it was you that, that chimed in and said you know Nuremberg 2.0, which is kind of a, a common trope right now in the alternative media with. Uh, COVID and, and the stuff that's being uncovered about the vaccine. But uh, there isn't going to be a Nuremberg 2.0 because a Nuremberg 2.0 would require some authority figure to come in and say, you're not in charge anymore. Now we're in charge and we're going to impose our definition of law on you to create justice. That's the way that it works. And, and anyone, any legal scholar out there, any anybody that's had philosophy of law, even at the undergrad level, knows that that's how it works. Uh, so they, they're sure. Might, might there be some lawsuits? Yeah. Yeah, there probably will be. I see that for sure on the horizon, um, but not uh, certainly not, um, you know, Nuremberg 2.0 and, you know have our, our gobbles moment where, you know, the uh, Fauci will be hauled and, you know, do the perp walk in front of the camp. That ain't going to happen. Um, it's, it's just not going to happen. You know, that, that we have more of a chance of Epstein's killer being disclosed and the all, all of the political uh, entities that were tied up with Epstein getting perp walked than we do seeing Fauci get burp walked. That's it's just a fact. I hate to say it, hate to break it to you, but it's a fact. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? I 100% agree. I was talking to um, a buddy of mine, and I got to I got to get him on the podcast um, or in a video. Is the dude who um, lets me go shoot steel on his property in some of my videos. And he was kind of mentioning the same thing. And it's, it's one of those interactions. It's like, you got to be open. And I'm not saying humble, but like, 
just not so set in your opinion if you don't know everything, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, we got to hold these people accountable. And he's kind of said the same thing. And he's like, you know, look back at history, man. Like what has happened in, in any area that has had change and how does that progress? And he's like, it's not necessarily how you're, you're wanting it to. And like the Nuremberg thing, like you just said, and, and other things like they're not going to hold themselves accountable. Like they got away with it for a reason and it happened for a reason. So until and unless certain things happen, um, it's just, it's going to get worse. It's not, they're not going to police themselves up. That's just not how this works. And that's kind of like a, I don't want to say a black pill thing. It's, it's more or less a realization. Okay. So this is where we stand now. Like that's, that's not realistic to consider that they're going to hold themselves accountable. And especially for me, one of the red flags was the Carrie Lake thing. If Carrie Lake wins, um, because it looked overwhelming like she would, and it seemed like they would, if anyone they would have to stop, it would be her. So that was like the red herring. And uh, as soon as that, I did it blatantly. It's kind of like, there's no stopping what's coming. And you know yeah. what? Um, Matt, uh, uh, Scott knows this. I, I actually had some direct involvement Carrie Lake thing, and yeah, they totally stole that. And and you're right though. People, more people need the black pill moment of okay, well we tried this, now it's time to try something different. I mean, let's just be honest. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. They, I mean, they they are literally throwing it in our face. Um. This is where I like uh, economic ninjas take on things. The only way that people are going to be held accountable is if we, you know, the collective, we become the elite or at least get on that um, peer level. Um, that's really the only way anything's going to change is if guys like us get elected or, you know, if we have money to throw around just like they do. Um I know it sucks to think that you'd have to stoop to their level, but um, no, you know, you, I, you're, I, you're I exactly right. Store food. I keep store food and ammo and water and everything, but like, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> That's right. fucking miserable. Um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was the life was simple, it was easy. But like, you know, that was when I was by myself, and like, I had all my boys who also had guns. Um, now it's like. I got to feed the fam and the neighbors and the, you know, whole different situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's like what I'm working on now. Um, and I noticed I picked up on this throughout my time in like construction and, and general contracting and doing the, the few jobs that I've done since I've been out. Um, there is like a small, um, local elite, but it's all like blue collar guys and they're like the low key millionaires that are literal millionaires, multimillionaires, and they do live in nice houses, but you know, they're the guys that own the construction businesses that actually fix stuff. And I think that's a direction, a direction, uh, that a lot of us need to go is to be the low key millionaires that can have a local, a really profound effect on local economies and local infrastructure. And I think that's the way that we win this. Oh, that's simple. Let's just all become millionaires. Solid plan. I'm on it. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be easy. 
I mean, what's what's easier? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think we have to be millionaires, books. but yeah, yeah, keep writing books. But no, I mean, like, <laughs> um, for guys like in my age group, you know, I'm like, I'm between the age of 25 and 35, so you know, I still got pl- plenty of gas in the tank uh, for for busting my ass, and uh, yeah, for for the younger generation, you know, it, it's going to take like, man, you're going to have to shovel dirt and you're gonna have to bust your ass. But if that's what it takes to really win this thing, that that's what it takes. You know, I did some quick math and, um, yeah. And, and I think I'm going to need to write 1,326 more books. So I'm on. It. Ooh, that was a very specific number. <laughs> well, it's 1,325 more than Mark Sibley. So. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I, I was wondering when Damn. he was going to hit. I could not. Burning this poor man. I couldn't. The man writes one book, and it's it's great, and you burn him down for it every Look, chance right you get. Cuddling with him on the side of a mountain in Appalachia. So. Oh. But Madman, to your point as well, I think one of the things that um, not just becoming uh, in that way a thing in the community, you know, building up your sphere of influence, right, through kind of a wealth that is unseen, um, still living the low-key lifestyle, but, you know, being able to bank the money, but also uh, particularly once you get to that level and and then there's people around you that, that, that if you trust them, and people trust you, they'll trust you. You know, all of a sudden, everything starts going sideways, and they now become, because of, um, you know, their equipment with communications, become the disseminator of, of information. And so now, not only are you potentially have the financial backing for an area, but also have a source where maybe you start putting out a local newsletter saying, Hey, here's what's going on and start to, to do some of those things. And then when things get super bad, you know, you're getting information through the nets that you're running and you're being able to relay this to other people. So I think while grid is up to your point, I mean, that is what they should strive for. Right. And not only that, it gives you a sense of freedom in, in, in some ways from the system. Right. Because a lot of that could be cash based. A lot of it could be um, uh, building up connections for bartering later on down the road. And then by building up those relationships and that kind of rapport and those resources. Now, as things start to go sideways, you're able to utilize your other skills to now become, you know, someone that people look to for guidance and information, and they look less to the national leaders and the state leaders and look more to the local leaders of which you have ascended to. That was more my point. Um, I use like the low key millionaire as an example. But yeah, I mean, getting involved in local politics and even something as simple as um, just your local organizations, whatever it is, you know. You got some free time, which I know a lot of us don't have, but um, if you have some time to dedicate to, I don't know, if you got kids, be an assistant coach on their sports team or something uh, just to meet other parents and and get involved so people know your face. Um, You know, I know Boy Scouts as a national organization sucks, but there's there's other organizations that are similar and they're kind of sporadic throughout the country. uh, yeah. I know the Pinelanders have like the Christian Rangers going on. Um, 
and that's a cool organization. But yeah, just do stuff like that, man. You don't have to be like I'm not saying everybody's got to be a rich guy, but it would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, it would right? You know, yeah, like you have to just look. It, we preach it all the time, just stay local. But I think that's such a broad term. It's like, all right, what does that mean? And uh, you can't sit in your house yeah. and stockpile stuff and stay on the internet all day. Yeah, it's definitely not got to get out. Do anything for you. You actually have to get out into meat space and and meet people. And um, and, and that's where being know, a contractor helps because like people are like, oh, this guy like regraded my lawn or this guy chopped my tree down and got it out in a day, you know, like do stuff like that. Charity based organizations as well, because, um, you know, charity and, you know, the, the charity people oftentimes are connected politically because politicians love to help charities when it's reelection time. Um, also, I mean, it is building up in some, uh, a thing of goodwill. You're, you're helping other people We're helping other people. And so, you know, if you're part of an organization, get your name out in the community, and now you know something's going on, and you say, "Oh, well, yeah, you remember? I'm a member of this organization. Oh, I, you guys did this, you guys did that, or you helped with this." Um, I think it adds a degree of credibility to you, and also it, it makes people realize that you're someone that, hey, you know, this person is someone that I think that you know if they say something, I should probably listen to, as opposed to someone who at the moment is just sitting inside not doing anything and then the you know shit hits the fan and they come out in full gear and a rifle and being like hey no hey i'm gonna lead you guys to victory and you're just like okay who the fuck are you and why am i supposed to listen to you so i think yeah to your point building that 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 profile up and and meeting as many people as possible getting involved in local politics particularly school board school board politics and town council politics and even just hell even just showing up to the meetings and asking a question um, you know, getting your name out there. I think that goes a long way towards how we're going to counteract the um, the hysteria that comes down from national and state politics. 100%, man. I, I think, uh, you know, y'all are, y'all are spot on about that. Risky, you know, we were talking about that in the last podcast that we did together too, about how literally you build that local influence and and i mean that owed to the conversation that we had off air for about two hours um where we were we were drinking beer and uh bsing back and forth about you know things that are local to us because turns out we're, we're neighbors and um you know it, it it's uh and, I, and i'm grinning right now because it's just such a cool thing you know and, and um but that it, it's a fact. And, and one of the things, uh, Patriot man, you, you mentioned, man, you know, dude popping out of the woodwork, wearing a bunch of gear and looking like a doggone, you know, Blackhawk catalog coming out here with a gun man, you know, listen, hear me out folks. You know? Yeah. I teach tactical courses and I teach things from kind of one, one pair as a former professional soldier. Right. However, that being said, you know, the, the realism behind all that is, is that you're going to have people that, that you have to provide something of value to. That's, that's pretty much everybody. You should always wonder in the back of your head, you know, hey, what value do I bring to the table? What do I add to this? 
you know, and, and if you start thinking about yourself in critical terms like that, you're, you're going to realize a little bit more like, you know, guns and gear and all that stuff, all the cool guy stuff is, is real cool. You know, like we all, we all like that. We all want that kind of thing, you know, and, and, and that's all good and well, right. There's a time and a place for that. But when, you know, you're, you're talking about the, the chips are down in, in your neighborhood, um, there's some, there's some really interesting, uh, things that, that we can learn from looking at other guerrilla movements across the world, some really great lessons from South America. And, you know, Hey, a lot of those are, a lot of those movements are communist in nature. Hey, I get it. Um, you know, and, and that might be a non-starter for some folks out there. Okay. You know, fair enough, but hear them out. Why is it that they endure? Why is it that they succeed in many cases and gain favor and influence when other movements fail? You know, why did the Contras, I mean, this is Radio Contra, why did the Contras ultimately fail? It was because as a counter-revolutionary movement, they made no consideration to the impact they were having on the locals. They were used to being soldiers and coming at it from a professional military paradigm of crushing an enemy rather than trying to accommodate an enemy. And it was only until they got uh, Commander Zero that came in, who was a former Sandinista, that that paradigm began to change somewhat. Uh, so it's very interesting. But if you look at those movements, even even today, um, you know, it, where they, they've largely gained a lot of influence, they're out there building roads. They're running medical clinics. They are providing things for those those disaffected communities that gain favor. And so those communities may look at them and say, and I, I wrote about this in the book, too, uh, in uh, the reports chapter where I was talking about uh, medevacs and the nonline medevac report and, and why that's important, why I include that in there outside of the, the tactical sense, but why this is important for a, a prospective guerrilla force. And a reason for that is to say, hey, you know, we provide something to you that the regime doesn't provide. And so now I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, ring my little invisible bell over here and implant this idea in the back of all your heads listening to this. We have a medical industry in America now that is saying to conservatives, they are literally shouting at us saying, we don't want you. And if in case any of you have forgotten over the past two years, we had the dancing nurses on TikTok. We had literal nurse ratchets who were making videos that were in clear violation of their Hippocratic oath saying that we're going to provide care for you if you are not vaccinated. Do any of you recall that? And so really the way that I look at this as a, a critical observer, right, is to say they're telling you to your face that they don't want to provide care for you. And now it calls into question what level of care they're actually going to provide. And so when you think about this, and, and that was just COVID. Now we're talking about, you know, Roe versus Wade and, you know, the, the Dobbs decision that came out, you know, the, the, that retracted that. You have a lot of medical professionals out there that are on the left side of things out there that are very, very unhappy about that. And many of them who work in neonatal care, they're going to be for your newborns. Just think on that. So 
But that, that's not, that is a microcosm of the medical industry, but it is an industry. There's a lot of wonderful medical professionals out there that did completely disagree with all that stuff. But the problem is, is that there is a medical hierarchy that dictates certain procedures. And so as this thing goes down the pipe, realizing who those people are and bringing them into the fold, that's a huge deal. Understand that Che Guevara, yeah, he was a communist. I get it. Okay. But aside from being a communist revolutionary, he was also a doctor. And one of the first things he would do when he went into a place was to treat the children. So just think about that. You know, we, we can say a billion and one negative things about Che Guevara. And, and guess what? They're all right. And he's a communist. Okay. Was. Right. Understood. However, take your lessons where you can get them. Take your lessons where you can get them. Our enemies teach us the most. Okay. Our enemies always teach us the most. We learn the most from them. And we have to understand that, that where these movements were successful, because guerrilla warfare is a social movement. Okay. It, it is the weaponization of politics. When the politics no longer represent the power of the people and the people's interests. And we can very, very clearly say that. And, and make a, a very strong case for that in the United States today. Because the left has been doing this for a very long time now, right? And they've, they've made that case, and they've weaponized their cause. Conservatives, well, we're, we're way behind the power curve on that. And, you know, this this podcast and, and what we're doing and what I'm doing is, is trying in earnest to wake folks up, you know, and, and, and to, to get you started. But we've got an uphill battle, you know. We're, we're behind the power curve. And so folks have, have really got to warm up to that realization. Uh, so, but, but exactly it, building local power and influence and, and medical is just one of those, you know, sweat MC, you know, I have written about sweat MC in, in the past. I've talked about it. I've done podcasts on it. You need to understand what that is. And, and if you want to build influence in a local place, that's how you do it. Right. It's what MC is exactly how you do it, because civil affairs came up with it. And that is literally their purpose in life is, is to build local power and influence. Uh, so now that I've talked a whole lot on that and we're coming in at, at a one hour and 33 minutes on the clock, these, it always goes so fast. It, always, it really does. It just flies. Goes. It just flies by, man. You think two hours, you're like, holy hell, two hours. And we even it's had, we even spent half, half, only half the time on introductions than we normally do. We were done with introductions uh, in like 30 minutes instead of 45, 50. So it's just flying by. I think that's <sighs> anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, last last on the docket, you know, we, we kind of glossed over China. Uh, China is is going to be making moves. My prediction, you know, I've, I've talked about this in the past and, and I'm going to make this prediction again. Um, they're going to move on Kinmen Island. That's going to happen. Um, that is going to happen relatively soon. I ain't going to give necessarily a, a specific timeline on it. Um, 30 days, uh, a month out, I think is too quick. Um, but you know, Hey, it, I could be completely wrong. I, th I think that's a little bit too quick though. Uh, but Kinman Island, 
because uh, geographically, Kinmen Island is is not too far away from the Chinese mainland, and that could be a a good uh, dry run for uh, attacking the the mainland of uh, Taiwan itself. But uh, they definitely so Kinmen Island is owned by Taiwan. It's only uh, I think three miles off the coast of mainland China. And uh, I think that, that China is going to take that quickly as a show of force, and they're going to be making moves uh, as, as a blockade around uh, larger Taiwan itself. Of course, this comes on the heels of Anthony Blinken making one of the most bizarre statements I think has been made yeah. in this administration yet, uh, saying that we can't support two allies at once. Bizarre is um, a very charitable term for it. It was moronic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. A hundred percent. Well, the guy's an idiot. Um, he, he's Anthony Blinken. So embarrassing. <laughs> he is. He is. He man, the guy. He looks like an embarrassment. He does not look like an imposing figure. You know, he, he he's not a poker player. He's you know, you, you see a guy like Sergey Lavrov, right? Sergey Lavrov, who, who is an enemy of the United States, he's an enemy of the American people, and, and he's an old line Soviet Politburo, the, their, uh, their, their foreign office, the, the, the Ministry of, of Foreign Affairs. He, he's one of their old hand guys. This, this guy, though, you, you can tell when he speaks, one, he's very intelligent, and two, it, it's very clear where he stands on things. With Blinken, you ain't getting that. Um, you know, and Johnny, unfortunately, Johnny's not in here. I don't know what's going on with him. He he wasn't the biggest fan of Mike Pompeo. I liked Pompeo. I, I liked him a lot. And I thought that uh, Pompeo was a good representation of what we needed in the State Department because he was a pit bull. You know, you knew if, if you sat down, I mean, Mike Pompeo kind of had that Tony Soprano look to him. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you, you're, you're sitting across from a guy who may smile to your face, but that dude's a killer. You better watch him. You don't turn your back on Mike Pompeo. You know, and, and Pompeo, fortunately, and I really like him, he, he's kind of exited the, the public eye for a little bit. He got himself in shape. Um, you know, he, he had a substantial weight loss. So he's looking good. And uh, got in the public eye. Then he kind of got out of the public eye for a little bit. So I don't know what's going on in the background. I would like to see him emerge as, as something serious in the political field because I think he, I think he could do it, and I think he would be a great presidential candidate. Um, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, we we've got a lot of time between now and then. But um, you know, it, 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 but anyway, Pompeo was a great representation in the State Department. You know, because your secretary of state is the embodiment of your country, right? You get a guy like Anthony Blinken, this dude's a retard. I mean, he he's he he looks, you look at that man's eyes, and there ain't nobody home in there, man. There ain't nobody home in there. And the stuff that he says, the gaffes, I mean, he's out of touch. He's, he's, I think he's even more out of touch than, uh, than John Kerry was. And that's really saying something because John Kerry is the embodiment of white privilege. You know, am, am I wrong? 
I'm not calling that guy a czar of anything. It just makes me want to slap somebody, even when they say the name of it. Get out of here with that. I don't accept it. It's not. He's he he is uh, he's the czar of ketchup. Uh, So he he is. (laughs) Yep. He's certainly the czar of ketchup. You'll carry catsup czar. The catsup czar. This comment by uh, Blinken is going to be remembered in the same light that the Atchison speech was. And for those in the chat who don't know, Mm -hmm. in 1950, Secretary of State Richard Dean Atchison gave a speech where he listed the countries that the U.S. would be willing to go to war over. And he left South Korea off the list. And within months, South Korea was invaded by North Korea. Uh, Same deal here, man. Same thing. You're exactly right. And, um, you know, I, I think you're you're the only person that I've heard anywhere make that observation. And, you know, absolutely spot on. You know, that's that's 100 percent, man. And, and, and we're at that moment again, um, although I don't think that mainland Taiwan is going to be invaded uh, before the spring. I don't see it happening. Uh, the, the seas, South China Sea is going to be way too rough to even attempt an, an amphibious landing. So that ain't going to happen. Well, um, I see a block. The, and, and I know that some people, oh, yeah. a, some, yeah. a certain group made a prediction today, but, uh, as Stan pointed yeah. out, they simply made the prediction we made two weeks ago. So <laughs> that out. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> clearing of the throat. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is what it is. We're, it, it's a small community, and you know everybody knows everybody yeah, behind the scenes the for good and bad. Um, <laughs> the AutoZone yeah, Institute of International Relations—that's where we get it. They want to poke the bear, but you know, I don't know. Anyway, talking about poking the bear, you know, coming up on the last segment of the show, Andrew Tate. Uh, this Andrew Tate story. So, if anybody's not aware, it it is it is hilarious. And uh, Andrew Tate, so Andrew Tate's kickboxer. Uh, a lot of people don't really know why Andrew Tate's famous for for other than you know his some controversial statements out there. Uh, but Andrew Tate. He's a kickboxer. He's a pretty decent kickboxer too. Um, you know, so if you follow combat sports at all, MMA, uh, I do. You know, I, I remember when Andrew Tate had hair uh, before he was he was all clean shaven and kind of had that that Drake look to him. Um, but he moved to Romania, and so he's living in Romania, and he's he's famous for uh, recently for making a lot of uh, uh, you know is the left calls it chauvinistic comments and, you know, kind of pointing out like what, what it means to be an alpha male. And, um, you know, love him, hate him. It doesn't really matter. Um, the media kind of turned him into this alt-right figure. So I think, you know, if you, if you're an alpha male, if you're out there asserting yourself, if you, you know, you, 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 you're, um, burning it down and, you know, and, and, and getting out there, getting after it, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're the bad guy, you know, like that's, that's the way the left wants to, to make you into stuff. But anyway, Andrew Tate, um, 
you know, he he's he's kind of an eclectic figure. Uh, joined the Romanian Orthodox Church, made a bunch of donations to that. Then he goes to the Middle East, and he's claiming he's he's Muslim. Um, you know, I I don't know, it, it, whatever, man. It, it's when when you're when when your faith is not grounded in anything, you end up uh, going to extremes. That's kind of the the uh, rule of thumb with like crisis converts in prison and stuff to, to radical ideologies. Not saying that, that any of those are, but I, I'm just saying when you, you're out there, you're searching for your ideology, you're trying to find your uh, spiritual self, you, you're going to uh, float around to a lot of different ideologies and, and test stuff out. So that's kind of what I get out of this. But uh, anyway, back in April, he was under investigation for um, uh, kidnapping girls, allegedly, and making pornos with them. I mean, I don't know. It, it, that story kind of seems a little thin to me. In, in this day and age, you know, like in the 90s, maybe that would be believable, right? I'm not saying that, that, that none of that's believable now, all right? But what I am saying is, is that with the the um, with with the way the media is today, right? With the way social media is, with the way you know TikTok and Instagram and you know all the all the sound bites that are out there and and all like all the stuff, right? Pornhub and all these things, right? So if he's if he's taking these girls, and according to what was said, and this was back in April, that he's he's kidnapping them and he's making pornos with them. Well, where are the videos going? Because he strikes me as the kind of guy that like he he thinks highly of himself. If if that were the case, he'd be putting that out there. I don't know. That that just kind of seems like to me that that's that's what would be going on, and it's it's not there. So I I don't know. Um, but but. So point is, is that in uh, Romania, they're saying it. Romania is not that big of a country. They're saying they can't find him. Right. This this investigation is going on since April. They say they can't find him, whatever. I think that it would be very difficult to not be able to find him because this is a guy with a, a massive luxury car collection and lives in a really nice house. And, um, you know, is, is, he's got his mansion. He's living an uppity lifestyle. He goes on Twitter and he gets into a spat with Greta Thunberg, right? So Gre- Greta Thunberg, you know, oh, the, the uh, little girl that's. Yeah, but I'm the you? to say that. How Damn it. How dare you? So he gets a little spat with her and then all of a sudden he gets arrested like less than 12 hours later. Yeah, that time was Him and his brother. Suspect. Highly. It's not like Tate was hiding. Highly. Yeah. I mean, he ain't been lying, you know, like he, he's, it's, that's the shittiest job hiding. I, I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't, he's out there making podcasts with famous people. Um, I don't know, man. And they just all of a sudden, 12, 12 hours after he gets into it with the, the, the crown princess of liberal ideology. Right. Climate change, and he gets arrested. I don't know, man. I don't know. Just doesn't. There ain't no such thing as a coincidence. I don't know. What do y'all think? I was just talking about this, and I'll make this brief. I was just talking about this with the XYL, and um, 
the first thing out of her mouth was, "Yeah, this is this is this is because of you know, say what you want about his ideology." Um, in some ways, and some and some men swear by him. He, he, he says some good things, and he says some idiotic things like "Don't read books," because when you read books, um, it's you're not doing your own adventures. Uh, you're experiencing other people's, which is I'm not even going to comment on that. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to say my thoughts on that one. <clears throat> but in a sense, he was empowering men to some point, and we've seen you know this movement to demasculinize men and and take away. You know, being a man because being a man is bad. I mean, James Cameron made a comment the other day about Avatar about how men have to purge testosterone from their system. Apparently, um, so I think between that and between going after the liberal darling that is Greta Thunberg, absolutely. I, did he do what he did? I don't know. I, I'm not a follower of the dude. I don't know. He could have did what he did. You know, he talks a lot. Um, comments that could be, and I'm not talking like when liberals say, oh, it's misogynistic. Like, there's some shit he says. I'm just like, oh, well, you know, we can tone that back a few levels. Uh, we don't have to go that extreme. But I think it was convenient time, and I think someone got a call in Romania was like, hey, guess whose funding's going to be gone if you don't find this guy? And wow, suddenly we found him. Because to your point, dude doesn't hide. He's like, I'm going to this place, and they have one of three cigars that exists in the world, and it's this place in this city. It's like, but you could have rolled him up right there. Sure, you know, yeah. when he was in France buying the cigar, you could have, hey, uh, France, you mind detaining this dude? They didn't care until something was threatened in their country, and then all of a sudden, now they care. I agree 100%. No one was looking for the guy. They, they had him in April. If they had charges on him, why didn't they pick him up any other time? And he doesn't exactly hide out. He gets in a spat with Thunberg, and 12 hours later, they're kicking in his door. I'm sorry, but those kind of coincidences don't exist. Yeah, I agree, man, 100%. It is. Um, but talking about when he, you know, he, he's going to, to France to, to go cigar shopping, you know, for uh, Partagas Lusitanius or, or whatever, um, you know, <laughs> um. He he had to cross a customs checkpoint, <laughs> and right. I'm not on the up and up on Romanian law. Yeah, I'm not on the up and up on Romanian law, but I would think that you know, in the United States, if you've been charged with a felony, you ain't leaving the country, man. Like that, that's that. Um, you, you you're not leaving. Um, you know, and, and if you do, is somebody's coming for you, like. That's that's just the way that it works. Um, I just don't see it, man. Um, I, I it, it it's an awfully interesting coincidence. I think what you said, like, hey, you know, so there was a phone call that was made. Hey, you're gonna go get this guy right now, or else funding for you know X Y Z whatever whatever other project is out there. Hey, that's getting pulled, you know. Um, I'm just saying it, it's, you know, that whole, that whole idea of freedom of speech, you know, of, you know, we, we can challenge ideas and I'm not saying he's the most articulate guy. I'm not even saying that, that he's necessarily a good look really for anybody. Cause I don't, I don't think that he is, but there is one thing you got to admire though. And that's the fact that he is getting out there saying it, 
that he has that that he is he is uh, using his platform to get out there and make statements that's really challenging people. You know, like we, we do that. That that that's what we're doing. They just say he's he's got a much larger megaphone to be able to do that because he's he's got the finances to do it you know and and has the following to do it and we're we're building that but um you know it, it, that's a scary message too because it sends shockwaves to, to everybody else all the would-be guys that are getting out there that that are wanting to throw their two cents in and maybe you know step out of line a little bit and, and make some off-color comments and stuff i mean we've been censored we've been censored they matter of fact um you know the the, uh, the there there is a, a very uh, well coordinated censorship effort against this podcast. That's why you don't see us in, in the rankings anymore. Yep, uh, they pull us out. You know, hey, but all right, cool. You know, like at least you know you're over the target when you're doing that kind of thing. I know without a doubt that we're a threat to them when when they're censoring you. That tell me, hey, I I know. I know without a doubt that that we are a threat to the machine, and the numbers don't lie. I mean, when you when you got a book on Amazon that goes to number one, and, and it's its first few hours out, when it remains in the top thousand books on Amazon, when it's selling in the volume that it sells, hey, that that is a validation of the following, right? That, that people are out there that they're looking for that knowledge. That you you do have a following, right? So when when they're trying to censor people, when they're trying to shut everybody down, you know, Joe, I know you've experienced this too. When 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 they they are with all the shadow banning that goes on, and they try and they they're reducing your influence. Yep, you know, I, I watch it in real time on our on our previous uh, Twitter account that got banned. Um, I watch it in real time, and I watched it uh, on our Facebook account quite some time, um, and I've watched it. In the way that our SEOs on the back end of, of the website were operating and the fact that, you know, we weren't showing up and, you know, you would search for an article on DuckDuckGo and we'd show up and you'd search for the same article on Google and we weren't showing up. And we were the top one on DuckDuckGo um, because we were being pushed down due to the algorithm. So we uh, we have had a lot of that and a lot of targets from other organizations that happen to have somewhere between two and four letters in their name. So we've experienced uh, a lot of that here at AP. You know, and it is what it is. I mean, they want to try and shut you down. That That's when you rise to the occasion. You know, you say, hey, here it is. Here we are. Um, risky, brother. You got some thoughts? We got seven minutes. Yeah. I, uh, I just look at this from a First Amendment standpoint. And, um, like, really, if we were – I don't like uh, straw manning anything i like to steel man it just because that just grants a level of redundancy and safety built in so steel manning all of this i would expect a tyrannical you know (laughs) all sort of things going on government to crack down on first amendment speech and anybody contradicting the propaganda and you know what i see whether you like him hate him think he's a Mossad agent or whatever Alex Jones, right? Look at what happened to him. Look at the lack of due process 100%. that was afforded to him. And they made an example out of him to make everyone else scared to speak up. Because when you really look at it, why are you charging this guy so much money 
he's getting uh, what did he dollars. he didn't even name people so you're going to get him hemmed up with this and he really at, he admitted he was wrong years ago and so like when we're really looking at this um whether we like tate or not he's empowering guys whether you know whether i agree with everything he right. says or not it doesn't matter the grand scheme of things is pattern recognition they would have to shut our free speech down they would have to then go after the guns they would have to then seal the elections and then corral everyone it's like all this stuff is really kind of building and building and building and the big takeaway for me is i see it happening whether i agree with whoever is getting shut down or not i see just certain things dominoes falling the elections aren't as critical anymore they almost don't matter there's nothing i can do the the free speech right. i can speak as loud as i want and i'm going to get shut down and censored as soon as i'm over the target uh if i want to go out and have guns they're going to if i want to print them with no serial numbers or if i want to have a pistol brace or if i want to have a force reset trigger a bump stop it's all coming back in my face and it's like all of these uh parallel uh let's say the railroad tracks, we're all on a train, right? And there's a bunch of them. You got the free speech, you got the, the pandemic, you got the elections, you got, you know, all the, the free speech, you've got the abortion issue, the, the stuff in schools, and they're not on par perfect parallel, parallel tracks are a little bit angled towards each other. And it's like, when do these intersect? They're all going to intersect at some point. Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be 30 years from now? And are they all going to happen at the same time? Is these going to happen before? But the thing is, I don't know exactly. But all of these clues are saying this appears like this is increasing and increasing. So when we look at the piles of everything, it's just like whether we have an exact idea of what's going to happen or not, something is going to happen. So I think we're all on the same sort of page here is that just keeping our eyes ready for as, as many broad possibilities and outcomes that there could there could be uh it's something has to happen based on the buildup and the boiling in the pot right we're going to foam over and uh, and it cause a mess on the stovetop yeah i agree 100 percent, man that that is I think you, you, you've got a very articulate way of putting all that together. It couldn't have said it better, man. Um, with just a couple minutes left on the clock, this has been what an incredible episode going so doggone fast, man. And we covered a lot of ground tonight too. Um, anyway, any last points that anybody wants to make before we got to punch out? I'll say two things. One, um, Tactical Wisdom here, Joe Dolio, get his books, Balfang for the Gorillas, or Gorilla Guide to the Balfang Radio for Radio Contra, and get your gear out and practice, and don't be like me and try to find your gear at the last minute when you want to go camping. Have your shit organized. <laughs> yes, sir. Anybody else? Last call for alcohol. No, I say the same thing, man. You have your gear out, get out and play with it, train in it, get out and do some cold weather camping. Good time for it. Amen. Amen. This weekend, this weekend, I think I've been tossing around this idea. We talked about at the beginning of the show. We're gonna be we're gonna be putting some teeth into that. Um, we're, I'm gonna 
we'll, we'll build a little ad hoc exercise for this weekend to bring in the new year. A little bit of a uh, communications exercise, a little comics on the air. If anybody's interested in joining, forum.brushbeater.org. Details will be over there. We'll be putting up a little bit on American Partisan about it as well. And I've got a lot of fun things, a lot of fun uh, stuff on the horizon. 2023 is going to be a very good year for all of the stuff that we have going on here. The Gorilla's Guide to the Balfang Radio is just book one. Just book one, and I've got a whole lot that I am working on behind the scenes, including some videos that are going to be up on Rumble as well as YouTube. So we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff. The training calendar, rushpeter.org slash training calendar, and the web store. We're going to have that web store that should be up by the end of January. We're working on it right now behind the scenes, but With that said, just a couple of seconds left coming in at two hours, folks. God bless all of you. Thank you for the incredible audience that you have afforded all of us and the the wonderful things that you are doing out there. Remember always that you are not alone, that we're in this together. We're in this fight together. And guess what? We're winning because if we weren't winning, they wouldn't have to propagandize us so hard. Anyway, with that said, folks, God bless, good night, happy new year, and I'll talk to all of you again very, very soon. Zensi Scout and the Sons of Liberty, out. Zensi Scout and the Sons of Liberty, out.